We want to be our own masters, and when we realize that we will never be, when we relinquish the control of having to know everything, have all the answers, ironically, that's when the answers come, that's when we are able to receive them. Healing is not linear. Healing is not a task. It is a practice. We spend so much time trying to define, to figure it out, to put it all into words without realizing that those words will come to us if we simply wait, that we will receive the lessons, we will receive the knowing, and we don't actually need to seek them at all. But you're awakening already, right? It's already happening. That's why you're here and why you're listening. Nothing is broken in your world. Nothing needs to be changed. Nothing needs to be different. And yet everything is constantly changing because it is the inevitable nature of that which is eternal. What I've come to realize in this endless searching for answers is that there really are not. If you spend your whole life trying to get your act together, then, then what do you have? You have an act, right? Instead of a life. I am Vanessa Fontana, and welcome back to Figuring Shit Out. This episode is inspired. Inspired by my own learnings that I have gone through the tribulations of, which I have come to realize is very much the point of life all the time, is to forget and then learn and then forget again only to learn again. This episode is going to center around healing, that struggle between the head and the heart and why it is saliently important to choose the heart in all matters, in most matters. It's not a blanket statement, but it's one that we always find ourselves returning to. It's how do we feel? And if we run from that, long enough, it will hunt us down, it will chase us down. When I began figuring shit out, the whole premise behind it, and if you listen to the first episode, you got the real rundown of this, but the whole premise of figuring shit out and why I decided to name the show figuring shit out was almost counterintuitive. It was almost this oxymoron of what I say at the very end of all the episodes, if you spend your whole life trying to get your act together, then you don't have a life. You have an act. It's the idea that we will never figure it out, that we will never have all of the answers, that there is not one definitive yes or no, that there is no real true or false, and that life is a series of tests and tribulations, and that when you reach one level, you just want to get to the next and to the next and to the next. And if we find ourselves always going from one place to the other place and constantly seeking, and I have realized in my life that this is something I have been doing, seeking and searching and getting to the next place and, ooh, okay, got to figure it out, got to do this thing, got to understand what's next. I have to write these lists. I have to do these things. I have to check these boxes. And then what? More boxes, more things to check, more things to do. Never just being, a being here now-ness. That is the point, and that is what I always find myself returning to time and time again. That's the biggest lesson that I am learning over and over again is beingness, is feeling, is being here now. 
And that is not an easy task. But there was a reason that my first spiritual awakening book was called The Power of Now. Power of Now is by Eckhart Tolle, and he is the one who introduced me to what presence really meant. This sense of urgency that we carry with us everywhere, this sense of needing to be somewhere other than where we are, it is the root of all of our suffering, whether we know it or we don't know it, the need to figure it out. The point is not to figure it out. The point is to enjoy the figuring of it out. The point is to be here now while you're happy, but also while you're confused and to sit in all of it unconditionally. And that's not easy and that's near to impossible to master in this life of matrix is what it feels like. This life of urgency, this life of hustle, this life of pressure, this life of needing, 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 of comparing, of seeing, of trying to attain the next thing. How can we sit inwards? How can we sit with peace when there's always somewhere else to be? There's always something else to do. There are always more people to meet. And if I think about my previous episodes on the law of attraction and creating your dream life and manifesting your potential, it all comes back to being where you are right now, being okay with where you are right now. You cannot create from a place of lack. You cannot conjure things into your reality or manifest events or people or good graces to come your way without an appreciation and a gratitude for right now. And it is a fine line. It is a balance between wanting to accelerate into different levels of expansion and being okay with what you've already achieved. Being in that in-between, that in-between that really isn't an in-between at all. It is simply the now. It is simply the present moment. So on this episode, we're coming back to the premises of the show because I need to, because I need to remember why I did this, why I started it, where I am, where we all are, in this moment of being, to come out of this small earthly self that lives in time and is born in time and see through the eyes of the soul of our being, of our true self, of our eternal nature. Our minds are bound by time. They are bound by a recounting of past moments always, living in nostalgia, living in what we once were, trying to garner and gain lessons from what we once were or a projected reality of the future. Always trying to escape what is now. How often do you just sit and feel your feet on the ground and look around you and feel the breath that comes into your lungs every moment of every day? Feel your beating heart that never stops beating, literally always beating for you. Your body always working to keep you alive, to keep you safe, to keep you here. How often do you just sit and... Feel the energy that never leaves you is always present and can always bring you back to now. And sometimes we want to escape that because it's painful and because being in our bodies hurts and we carry a lot of pain in our body. We carry a lot of trauma in our body. We carry a lot with us all the time, but projecting yourself into the future, trying to create something out of an escapism 
or reliving moments of the past does not make that pain subside or go away. And just like we carry this pain in our body, we also carry joy in our body that can only be felt in the here and now. Joy is our truest, purest nature. It is what is beyond and underneath all of what we carry around that we are hiding from. At the beginning of The Power of Now, Eckhart Tolle tells a story about how he was sitting on a bench one day and he was living his life in existential doom. He was in absolute melancholy. He was on the verge of suicide and he was listening to this voice in his mind going over and over again and complaining about all of the areas of his life. And as he was listening to the voice, he said to himself, how can I listen to this voice if I am not the voice? Does that mean I am one or am I two? And which one is real? And that was the genesis of him discovering this key, this presence, this birth of what he ended up writing about and spiritually overcoming. The philosopher Descartes is famous for the quote, I think, therefore I am. He had given expression to the most basic error, Eckhart Tolle says, to equate thinking with being and to identify with thinking. If we identify with the voice in our head, if we identify with the inner critic, if we identify with the projection of future moments and the escape of the present by either hoping for something, wishing for something, needing something out of the future, or going back to the past all the time, then who are we but just a million moments inside of a brain when there is life all around us, life that never ceases to exist, that our hearts, which continue to beat, our lungs, which continue to breathe, what are they if we are not in them, if we are not noticing them? They still do that regardless. We are still living regardless. But your quality of life, your beingness, your attention to your body and to yourself is null. I think, therefore, I am, is what Descartes said. And Eckhart Tolle would argue that he was wrong. And I would, too. Because the compulsive thinker, which is almost everyone, we are addicted to thinking. We need it to survive. We don't actually, but we think we need it to survive, which is just another illusion. You live in this state of separateness, this insanely complex world of continuous problems, continuous conflict, and worlds that reflect the ever-increasing fragmentation of the mind. That is directly from the power of now. So if we are always in our heads, if we are always projecting ourselves onto the future, if we are always living in the past, if we are always trying to escape the present moment, that which is now, that which all there is, is now because the future is an illusion and the past is no longer. If we are always somewhere else besides being here, then we are disconnected not only from other people, not only from the eternal nature of our being, but really, really from ourselves. And that disconnect creates a lot of pain. That disconnect creates a lot of confusion. That disconnect creates this lack of ability to sit with yourself and to be with yourself. And 
the longer that you spend your time in the future or the past, the longer that you spend your time in your head, the longer you are going to be in pain because you are denying all that is. In The Power of Now, there was a quote that stuck with me more than any of it. And it's not verbatim, but it goes something like this. There was never a time that was not now. The future, when it happens, will be now. The past, when it did happen, happened in the now. And the now that you are projecting yourself onto either the future or the past is happening in the now. There was never a time that was not now. And if you live in future or you're always living in the past, you're doing that in the now. You are borrowing time from the present moment to project yourself either forward or backwards. You are borrowing time, time that you cannot get back if you are always in your head, if you are always in escapism. And that's also why finding flow in creativity, in being able to go for a run outside, go for a walk outside, in coming home to ourselves really means coming home to the present moment. You know, when you're creating something or you're doing something that you love, you tend to lose track of time. You tend to just flow with everything and you look up and you say, oh my gosh, how did that happen? How did I do that for so long? And it's because you were in the now. You weren't thinking about time, time which is an illusion, time which creates this falsified need for something else, time which wants us to identify with our mind. And every time you create a gap in the stream of consciousness in your mind. So every time you notice yourself in the future or in the past, you notice yourself overthinking, you catch yourself in the act of being identified with the mind you become more conscious. You bring yourself back to the now. And the point is not to always be in the now. The point is not to get upset at ourselves for having brains that want to think, that want to solve problems, that want to figure it out. That is our inevitable nature in a lot of ways, but it means not fully identifying with that part of us that needs to define, that needs to have answers, that needs to think about every little thing and water every single moment down to definition, down to words. Words are pointers to what we internally already know. Language is a pointer to what we internally already know. You realize how much is an illusion when you step back into your body. You realize how much your head, your mind is controlling every tiny part of your life, how you're micromanaging every moment. You don't need to. You just need to be here right now. There is nothing to figure out. There is nothing to do except be here now. It will find you. That's the point is that Whatever you need to do will find you. Whatever the next moment asks of you, you will know how to act when you are internally inwards, when you are connected to your beingness. You're not going to have to micromanage things. You're not going to have to keep a million lists. You're not going to have to worry or fear that you cannot trust yourself. When you move from a place of beingness, when you move from a place of internal intuitiveness, you step back into all that life asks of you, which is just to be here. How does this connect to healing? 
How does this connect to the fact that healing is never linear? That there are ups and downs in what I call the vicissitude of life. How does that track with being here now? Why have I just spent 15 minutes talking about that? Because we're always in escape mode. And when you're always in escape mode, you can't heal. We can only heal when we're here in our bodies, paying attention to our hearts. And sometimes our hearts will force us to pay attention to them. And we'll have moments where everything feels really overwhelming and we just bubble up. We can't stop crying and we don't know why or something really small bothers us and gets under our skin. Those are the moments that you might need to check in with yourself. You might realize that you haven't been checking in with yourself. So I think that what we do a lot of the time is that we reach a certain level of healing. We reach a certain level of knowing and understanding. We tap into this revelation. We have a revelation about ourselves or our lives. Um, Maybe you unwind and unpack a particular set of trauma and you sit with it and it helps you to go forward into your life with a new set of understandings about things. And for a while, you're living your life in alignment with that healing nature. And then along the way, there's another lesson. Along the way, there's another thing, another part of you that needs to be healed. And It is not about getting upset at ourselves and saying, why, 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 like, why can't I escape this? Why am I always having to go inwards? Why am I always having to tend to myself? Why can't I just get over it and live and be happy? And it's because that's not the point. And it's because it's never going to be the point because you reach a certain level of understanding about life and yourself and you think that you've got it all figured out and you don't and you never will. And that's the deeper, more intuitive lesson packed in all of the lessons. But life will put you in situations over and over again to test you and to test how far you've come and what you've learned. And you might have to learn that same lesson over and over and over again. I know that I am. I know that I am learning the lesson over and over again that you just never stop learning. And that as soon as you think you know what you're doing and as soon as you think you have all the answers and there's so much clarity, there is an insurmountable confusion. And that confusion is meant to test you. It is meant to break you down again so that you can level up. And in every moment of pain and darkness, in sitting with that in the present moment, in the now and not trying to escape it, not using substances or people or experiences to escape it or going back to the past and asking yourself why things can't be that way anymore. If we really just learn how to sit with the pain that's present in the now, we will find that other lesson. We will learn what we need to know next to be able to If you've been wanting to learn a new language because you want to pick up a new skill or hobby, then Rosetta Stone is for you. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning app available on desktop and also can be used as an app on your phone. Rosetta Stone teaches through immersion. Instead of memorizing and drilling vocabulary words into your head, you learn by matching audio from native speakers to visuals, reading stories, and participating in dialogues. There are no English translations in the product, so you're getting trained to listen, speak, read, write, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone offers 25 languages from Spanish, French, Italian, German, Chinese, 
Chinese, Korean, Japanese, and even Dutch, and offers a lifetime membership. So you can buy the program now and get forever access to all the lessons for the languages and literally never pay a renewal fee. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Figuring Shit Out listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. To reach the next dimension of healing and of knowing. And that really is the point of it all, I think, is we'll never have it figured out. It's always an unwinding But in those moments of clarity, in those moments of deep presence, which is really the only place that you can reach that clarity is in that deep presence. Otherwise, these feelings, these emotions are going to flow completely out of you. You're not going to understand why. You're going to feel crazy. And I'm here to tell you that you're not crazy. You're just running. You don't have much to be scared of besides what you're manufacturing inside of your head. And I don't mean to say that to gaslight you or tell you it's all in your head, but the psychological condition of fear is divorced from any concrete and true immediate danger. It comes in many forms. It comes in unease, worry, anxiety, nervousness, tension, dread, This kind of psychological fear is always of something that might happen, not of something that is happening now. How often do we stay up at night in the comfort of our beds, in the safety of our homes, with ourselves tucked under the covers, and we are creating a sense of panic and fear inside of our bodies by thinking along trail winds of possibilities of things that might happen that would be so awful if they happened. We are creating this fear in our body. We are living these moments that have not occurred, that might not ever occur, that we are simply just scared of. We are creating them in the present moment we are living them. Things that might not ever manifest or happen, but you are then putting energy into those potential fears. You are charging them with the state of your mind. It's normal. It's what we all do. That's anxiety. That's fear. We've all had it. We all have it. I have it. But if we realize that that sense of urgency, that sense of need to be somewhere else, when we feel it in our bodies, we listen to the stories that our minds are creating, the narratives that our mind is creating about what might happen if and what is going on underneath all of the pretense of the present moment and What if, what if, what if, if we can recognize that that's where we are, that we are not in the present moment, that our minds are creating this anxiety, then we can easily say, oh, okay, let me just disidentify from that. Let me just distance myself from it. It doesn't mean trying to escape it or make it go away because that's just another little mind loop trying to make it go away. You're just resisting it more and more. Just sit with it and watch how it changes and watch how it near to disappears when it does. Ask yourself, is that true? Is this happening right now? And if the answer is no, take a deep breath, feel the energy in your body and let it go. Eckhart Tolle talks a lot about the inner energy of your body and that being the pathway to present. It is probably the most simple way to get there. And a lot of 
us do it through deep breathing. And that's why whenever you're in a state of anxiety or panic, you'll always have someone tell you, take a deep breath, just take a deep breath because it brings you back into your body. But what he says to do is feel the energy in your hands. Notice that at any given moment, you can feel the energy in your hands if you just tap in, tune in. Right now, I want you to notice that you have hands. And it sounds so silly, I know. But just notice that you have hands. Notice how they're connected to your body. Notice there's a little energy inside of those hands and that it's alive. There's this part of you that's alive. And as you connect with the energy of your hands or of any limb on your body, you'll start to notice your own beingness, your own aliveness, and that brings you back into the here and the now. And that fear that you might have, that anxiety that you might have, it's still it's still there a little bit, but you're not paying attention to it. You're not feeding it anymore. You're not charging it anymore. The more that you stop charging it, the less life, the less power it has over you. Knowing that there will always be more to know, that there will always be more to learn, that you'll never be done healing should not be something that gives you more anxiety. It should bring you peace in knowing that every moment in your life has the potential to be transformative, that there are a million lessons, a million revelations, a million moments where you will stop and stare and say, oh my God, I've been lying to myself all along. You shouldn't feel bad for that. That's the point. But those lessons can only be learned in the now. There has to be a gateway to them, and that gateway is presence. If we spend our whole lives escaping, running away, we will never have peace. Peace is felt now. Presence is the gateway to peace. It will tell us all that we need to know to just simply sit and be and be okay with where we're at and learn to be okay with where we're at, which is a lesson we'll probably have to learn again and again because it's not our natural tendency. Our natural tendency, what we've been taught, what we've been conditioned is the need for more. It is the need for next. It is the need to have a plan. Since we were five years old, we were put into schools with structures that told us what we needed to do, when we needed to do it, what good looked like, what bad looked like. And having to constantly grow, expand, need at the volition of someone else and not of our own, but you have the power to break out of that, break out of that impatience, that need, that desire to be anywhere other than where you are. Pleasure is derived from the ego. It is derived from extracting from another thing. Peace is derived from the now. The ego is impatient. The ego doesn't want to learn new things. The ego, the part of you that you identify with, the part of you that is the thoughts in your mind that you seemingly cannot escape from, the ego wants to strive. The ego wants to suffer. The ego wants a story to tell, a story to hold on to. Have you ever wondered what it meant when people said, you are not your thoughts? It confuses a lot of people, and I understand why. But when you really come to the realization that there is this illusory 
fragment, this illusory element of your mind that always wants to escape the present moment is always creating some sort of fear that is a psychological conditioning or a psychological component. It's not actually real. It's not actually happening in the physical reality. When you notice that, you notice that there is a chance to separate from it, separate from the thoughts in your head that will never leave you, that don't leave you. A lot of people think that the point of meditation is to not have thoughts. And that's not the point of meditation. The point of meditation is to watch your thoughts. It is to not have your thoughts control you, to not let your thoughts become you, to not let your thoughts create emotional responses in your body that you then physically react to in your present day life, to notice how your thoughts are controlling you and to be able to separate from them and garner autonomy in knowing that you are not them. That is really the point of meditation and counterintuitively what that does is allow us to have more gaps in our mind between thoughts. It allows us to have moments where we are not thinking, where we realize that there is not much of a need to think, where we can more automatically come back into our bodies to feel ourselves in the present moment, to take that deep breath or to feel the energy in our hands and to act from a place of beingness and act from a place of presence. That is a huge benefit of meditation, but meditation wakes you up to the illusion that you're living inside of your mind and it brings you into the present moment. That's what meditation does. So when you know that you are not your thoughts, you free yourself. You have the choice to feed into them, to perpetuate them, to add fuel to the fire of the negative storylines or take a step back and separate yourself from them and unwind that unconsciousness by bringing those thoughts to light and not trying to change them, not trying to get rid of them, but simply bringing them to light, watching them and watching them as they dissipate, letting them be without letting them be you, knowing that they don't actually have nearly as much power as you think that they do. And guess what? That's another thought. Thinking that they have power is another thought. It's just a backdoor of thoughts and illusions. We're always coming home to ourselves. We're always finding that out. We find it really easy to give other people advice, but really difficult to take our own. Um, we know what to say to a friend, but we never know what to say to ourselves. Treating yourself like you would treat someone you love, disidentifying from the voice in your head that tells you, you got to figure it out. You got to do this thing and asking it, do I, do I really, or can I simply just be? Ask yourself when you're having a bad day, what would you do for a friend when they were having a bad day? I am almost positive you'd make them a lovely cup of tea, you'd give them space to share, you'd give them space to be, and you'd give them some space to feel it. But why is that so hard to do for ourselves? Why do we run away from doing that for ourselves? Sometimes there's nothing to do. Sometimes there is nothing to figure out. Sometimes there is no answer. Sometimes the answer is just letting yourself be. It's making yourself that cup of tea. It's giving yourself that space. We spend so much time trying to define, to figure it out, to put it all into words without realizing that those words will come to us if we simply wait, that we will receive the lessons, we will receive the knowing, and we don't actually need to seek them at all. We 
find an internal peace that we can call upon at any moment when we don't do things out of need, out of obligation, when we act out of presence, when we notice the energy in our bodies and our hands, knowing that it never leaves us, it's always there for us to come home to, that at any moment, at any given time of the day, you can come home to yourself with just one deep breath. That's all it takes. Healing is not linear and neither is your connection to presence. There will always be something to pull you out of it, but healing is not a task. It is a practice. We want to be our own masters, and when we realize that we will never be, when we relinquish the control of having to know everything, have all the answers, ironically, that's when the answers come. That's when we are able to receive them. Let me tell you a secret. All of the people that you look up to, whether it's spiritual masters and beings and teachers, whether it's authors or celebrities or whoever it may be, you think that they have it all figured out. You think that they know the answers. You think that they have something that you don't. They're just like you, struggling, striving, trying to figure it out, trying to understand what that means in their own way. No one has it figured out. No one deserves to be on a pedestal of knowing and understanding and consciousness because you too can also be there at any moment. This is not something that you can't have. This is not something that you need to strive to learn that is a gift. It is our birthright. Presence is our birthright. Telling the voice in your head when it criticizes, when it wants to define, when it wants to take you out of the present moment, just saying thank you. Thank you for coming, but I actually don't need to worry about this. This is actually a really big burden for me, and I don't need to worry about the things I don't have control over. But thank you. Thank you for coming, because it's only ever trying to protect us. When we start to have compassion for that voice in our head instead of hating it and turning it into an enemy and just saying, okay, well, you know, that's just the part of us that wants to protect us. That's just a part of us that fears natural, inevitable, have compassion for it. You can even name it. Sometimes I like to call the voice in my head, Sally. And when she's being a little crazy, I just say, you know what, Sally? Thanks, but no thanks. Thank you, but I don't need this right now. And I go back to my merry way of living and sometimes Sally is really loud and she just will not shut up. And that's that and that's fine. And that's Sally. That's not me. We don't get to one place and then we're, we're done, you know? Healing is not linear because life is not linear. The idea that we go through something which profoundly impacts us emotionally and we go to therapy for a few months and then we're done. We're done healing it. It's never going to come up again. We've got it. it's, It's all good. That's an illusion. That is a lie that we tell ourselves. That is a ridiculous standard to hold ourselves to. You are here to remember why you're here learn the lessons and then forget the lessons and forget why you're here and then learn it again. And each time it's just as beautiful. It's just as painful. Remembering again, forgetting again, asking yourself, oh gosh, how did I know this all along? Or where have I been lying to myself? How have I not been checking in with myself? Every time you come to that realization, you have compassion for it instead of this need to escape it. Ask yourself what part of you will not relax, what part of you wants to escape the present moment, what part of you cannot sit with yourself, and then force yourself to sit with that. Just do it. It's not nearly as scary as it is. 
listen for the answer, the answer will come. You don't need to find it. You don't need to seek it. You don't need to search for it. You just need to be and to receive it. We spend so much of our lives in acting mode, in doing mode, in going mode, in trying to conjure things up, in trying to create, create, create. But the most beautiful creations come out of being. They come out of presence. They come out of a channel that speaks through you when you are open enough to allow that to happen. Action arises out of presence and it's the perfect action. So often, so much of the time, we feel like we need to garner these answers and we need to look under the rocks to find them and we need to go to therapy and we need to journal and journal and journal and figure it out and figure it out and figure it out. Presence is the pathway to everything. It is the pathway to peace. You notice the part of you that wants to rush. You notice the part of you that wants to escape, to get to the next place, to need, to need, to need, and you tell it to relax. And it's not going to listen half the time. Most times it won't listen. But you try. And then you try again. And then it's easier to relax every time. It gets a little bit easier. We've lived in survival mode for too long. And we're not here to survive. We're not here to strive, to figure it out. Come back. Come back to the now. Come back to the why. Come back to the noticing that there is nothing to do, nowhere to be. Even if there is, even if you're on your way there, even if you're in creation, there is still nothing to do. Would you rather be where you are on your way there as a present witness or miss it all? but the illusory need to define it, the illusory need for the next step to think about it. How much time do we spend thinking about things? How much do we miss of life by thinking? How much do we hold ourselves back from by thinking? It is an addiction, just like drinking, just like anything else. It's harmful. It's not necessary all the time. We are addicted to it. We are identified with it. We take it on as if it is us. And we say, I need this to survive. Realize that you don't and realize that through presence. How many precious moments you're missing because you're inside of your head. All you need is the consciousness of it. All you need is the consciousness that you are not your thoughts and that you have been doing this. And that is enough to start getting you to wake up. Moment by moment, you'll wake up and then you'll forget and you'll go back to sleep and then you'll wake up again. And that's the journey. That's the non-linear nature of life. That is the non-linear nature of everything. If you spend your whole life trying to get your act together, you don't have a life. You have an act. So go live your fucking life. You got to look for the redeeming feature. You got to look for things to appreciate. You got to find a reason to make it okay where you are. No, I've got to strive and struggle and try. That's what I've been taught. Growth and expansion is my quest. Now, that's inevitable. Whether it comes easy or hard is the question. The horrible truth is that it's an inside job. That if you're going to get that love and that respect that you've just so loved, that connect, that union starts inside. To every experience of growth, there is an equal and an opposite. And that equal and an opposite is what drives you to that light. So you have to start inwards. You have to start first within yourself.